Praise the Lord. You are listening to a word from the Lord, a radio and internet ministry of the Refuge Temple Church of Burlington, North Carolina. Refuge Temple Church is located in the heart of Burlington, NC at 152 North Main Street. Our pastor is Bishop Reginald J. Davis. Refuge Temple Church is a spirit-filled, Bible-believing, multicultural ministry ordained by Jesus Christ to serve him, his kingdom, and the community from Main Street to the world. We welcome you to join us now for anointed music and the word of God. Get your Bibles and turn with me once again to the book of Hebrews chapter number 11. And we shall begin reading at verse number 24. As I said to you last Sunday, this was prepared as a one service message, but God has taken us four weeks to get to this point, but I believe he has said something to us each time. And so this is the final installment of this particular theme in Hebrews chapter 11 and verse number 24. The Bible says, by faith, Moses, when he was come to years, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season, esteeming the reproach of Christ greater riches than the treasures in Egypt, <clears throat> for he had respect unto the recompense of the reward. By faith he forsook Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the king, for he endured as seeing him who is invisible. Through faith he kept the Passover and the sprinkling of blood, lest he be destroyed. He that destroyed the firstborn should touch them. By faith they passed through the Red Sea as by dry land, which the Egyptians saying to do were drowned. Subject, once again, is faith to choose. Faith to choose. You can be seated. Faith to choose. For last three Sundays, we have been focused on Moses, who is the principal patriarch that is highlighted in this passage of Scripture. We have look mainly at the choice of Moses. That Moses, like each of us, has had a choice. You know, you don't serve God by force. You don't serve him under duress. In fact, you really can't be blessed of God except you bring a willing mind to your relationship with God. That's why nobody is saved against their will. Nobody is kept against their will. Nobody is preserved against their will. But each of us makes a conscious decision to say, Lord, I yield. Lord, I give up. Lord, I turn myself over. And Moses, even though he was raised in the house of Pharaoh, made a deliberate decision that he would 
give all of it up just to follow the Lord. Said that he chose affliction. And believe it or not, because we have determined to walk with God, we have in many respects chosen affliction. We've chosen affliction. The life of a true believer is not an easy life. And if anybody tells you that I'm saved and it's easy, they ain't saved. Come on here, somebody. I've been saved 41 years, and it's been blessed, but it hadn't been easy. Any honest people in here? God has been good to me, but it hasn't been easy. Lord has blessed me beyond my imagination in so many respects, but if I would tell the truth, it has not been easy. And choosing this way is in many instances choosing affliction, choosing hardship, choosing difficulty. But there's a change in my value system because when somebody is truly born again, they come to a place where they realize that it's better to suffer with the people of God than to enjoy sin because sin is seasonal. Come on, somebody. The pleasure you get from sin is a seasonal pleasure. It's not a permanent pleasure. Doesn't last. You meet people that promise you the moon, but it doesn't last. You, you, you enjoy the euphoria of ungodly activities, but they don't last. I told you last week that if you are not enjoying sin, you aren't doing it right. Come on, somebody. Hallelujah. Because there's a pleasure side to sin, but the pleasures of sin are short-lived. And anytime you make the choice to live for God, you become a target for the enemy. Hallelujah. And, and that might be the part we don't tell people. We, we, we tell them, come on, get saved. Give your life to the Lord. Come on, walk with Jesus. and He'll bless you. He'll do this. He'll do that for you. But in reality, what we need to tell people is what Jesus said to them that the servant is not greater than the master. And whatever they did to Jesus, they might very well do to you. They crucified Jesus. They beat him. They taunted him. They spoke ill of him. They lied on him. Come on, somebody. They questioned his validity. They challenge his authenticity. They, they said, you can't possibly be the Messiah because you're just a carpenter's son that came out of Nazareth. And he, they did all this to Jesus. And the church thinks we're going to skip our way to glory. Come on, somebody. They lied on Jesus. And yet he went to the cross anyway. And when they lie on you, you're ready to give up everything. 
Lord, help me preach this. When they did all of this to Jesus, but yet he refused to give up who he is. And the saint that's going to make it in the last days is not the saint with the easy life. It's the saint with the made up mind. That my mind is made up that I'm going to live for Jesus Christ. Come what may. And if, if I could walk around the room with the microphone, everybody in here has a story to tell. And all of your stories don't have positive scenarios. Some of us here are barely making it. But thank God we're still making it. People see you and they don't know what happened to you from Sunday to Sunday. They don't know how much you went through from Sunday to Sunday. They don't know how much you cried. You shut that up from Sunday to Sunday. But yet I'm still here because God is keeping me. Oh, hallelujah. That's why if you walked in here this morning, you ought to walk in saying, Lord, I thank you. Because it didn't have to be that way. Had the enemy had his way, I would have never survived. But thank God I'm still here. Somebody celebrate survival right now. Oh, God, somebody celebrate. Somebody celebrate survival. So here you are, this target of the enemy. And Satan's attack comes in one of two forms. And I don't want us to be deceived by the attack of the enemy. First attack is the attack of temptation. And everybody in here that is following Jesus gave up something to follow Jesus. Okay, y'all don't want to be honest about that. You let go of something that part of you loved. Lord, help me preach this. You gave up something that at least your flesh was attracted to. And even though you are full of the Holy Ghost, that spirit lives in flesh. Okay, y'all don't want to be honest about this. And I got flesh that still is real. As real as the Holy Ghost is, your flesh is just as real as the Holy Ghost. And my flesh pulls at me. And Satan is good at dangling what your flesh wants right outside of the will of God. And so I fight. I'll talk about me. I fight with my flesh. Okay, yeah, okay, I, this must be the deep congregation. I fight, with, I fight with my flesh. I fight with my emotions. I fight with my feelings. I have to rebuke myself sometimes. Okay, y'all don't want to be honest about this. I have to crucify myself sometimes. Paul said I die daily. Every day I have to kill a part of myself that is reaching for stuff that is contradictory to the call of God on my life. And the only thing keeping me saved is the grace of God. 
somebody be honest with me in here. It's the grace that is keeping me. It's the grace, let me be real, that's restoring me because sometimes I fail in the struggle. But thank God for the grace of God. But that temptation is real because what is the enemy trying to do but to pull me back into Egypt. Everybody sitting in here has an Egypt. Egypt is your place of bondage. It's what kept you incarcerated. And the same way that the Lord used the blood to free Israel, he used his blood to free you. Anybody here know the blood broke the chains? Blood broke the bondage. The blood broke what held me. And that's why I don't know how y'all feel about it, but blood songs excite me. Oh, hallelujah. Because they remind me of what I came out of. What can wash away my sin? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Anybody here been saved? Am I talking to blood washed people? Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Who have redeemed from the hand of the enemy. So the blood brought me out of Egypt, but Egypt still wants me. Come on, tell your neighbor, Egypt still wants you. When Israel left Egypt, they left in victory, they left rejoicing, they left shouting. In fact, the Bible says that they went to the Egyptians and the Egyptians even gave them their jewelry. Come on, somebody. Imagine your oppressor saying, here, take this. And so they walk out not only with Egypt, they walk out with their stuff. They walked out with Egypt's stuff. And they get away. They get down the road, and Pharaoh and the Egyptians started looking around and said, who's going to make the bricks? Who's going to build the monuments? Because the Israelites are gone. And they said, we're going to get them. Let me warn you today. The demon that was put out of your life when the Lord saved you, still wants you. Oh, hallelujah. And, and it doesn't mean that you're not saved, but you got a demon chasing you that sees you as his possession. If you don't read me, read, read, if you don't believe me, read the Gospel of Matthew that says when an unclean spirit goes out of a man, he goes looking in dry places. For the Lord to save you, he had to evict a demon out of your life. And there's a homeless demon that says, I used to belong in this place. 
and I want to go back. And he doesn't go back by himself. The Bible says he picks up seven other devils worse than himself. I came to warn somebody. If you backslide, you're going to be worse off then if you had never been saved. Because it just won't be the one. It'll be seven others that come back to retake you. That's why if you got to cry, if you got to lay at the altar, if you got to fast and pray, you just need to hold on. I don't care how difficult your life might be today. It is worth your while to hold on. Oh, It's worth your while to hold on. I know you struggle, but hold on. So they saw that their possession, Israel, had left and they went pursuing them. And they gather the army, chariots, and they start chasing Israel. And that's the second wave of attack. If the enemy can't lure you back into temptation, he will attack you. Touch somebody say, he's trying to attack you. Oh, anybody know, anybody feel the attack? Anybody, anybody besides me feel the attack? Anything to discourage you. Anything to bind you. Anything, because he doesn't care if you stay in church. I'll just make your life hell sitting right up in church. I'll put so much on you until every time you get ready to praise the Lord, all the pressure of life comes on. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Been sitting in church and I could feel weight on my spirit. So heavy I couldn't lift my hands. and So heavy I couldn't open my mouth. He'll say, sit there and just let me bind you sitting up in church. That's why you got to make the devil a liar and say the one thing you won't control is my prayer. You might mess with my money. You might mess with my house. You might mess with my surroundings. But you ain't going to have touch such a You can't have my praise. Oh, come on, shake somebody and say, make the devil a liar right now and give God the glory. He sent you here hoping you would sit here and shut up and shut down. But the devil is a liar. Hoping makes your life so difficult. You don't even want to live for God. Make you feel so unwanted. You don't even want to pray. But I refuse to live in this bondage. Hey, Katana if the son therefore shall make you free I may not be rich but I gotta be free I may not be well but I gotta be free I may not be successful in your eyes but I gotta be free he'll work against you he'll attack you sit down for a second all in an attempt to bring you back into bondage you know what the devil wants he wants a church full of bound people. Come on here, somebody. He said, go ahead and have refuge, simple. 
but I'm going to work against them and bind every person that walks in the doors of the church. Have them cantankerous, have them mean, have them ungodly. That's why you got to plead the blood. Oh God, even in the house of God, because I can't be in church and be bound. I don't know how you feel about it. I got to be free to live for God and free to walk with God. So he sends them, sends the army, sends the chariots after Moses and the children of Israel. And they're out there in the desert rejoicing over their victory. And they look back and somebody says, that sounds like the chariots of Pharaoh. And here comes the chariots pursuing them. But you know what? God always has a plan. I need you to shake somebody and say, God's got a plan for this. God does some stuff that doesn't make sense. When you get home, read Exodus chapter 14. And this has significance for me. Because it's been almost five years ago that I discovered right about this time, right about this time, this month, five years ago, that we were forced to move out of the Harden Street Church. And at the same time we were pushed out of the Harden Street Church, I got news that I lost my job. And it was a personal blow to me because I'll, I'll be transparent I always was grateful but also proud of the fact that I had achieved in my career I, I felt good about the fact that I was a pastor and a principal and but when the enemy is after you he will attack things but what he doesn't understand is he only attacked it with the permission of God. And, and, and that was my struggle because I couldn't understand why God let this happen to me. Anybody, anybody been there besides me? I'm living right. I'm serving you. I'm giving my tithes. I'm sacrificing. I, I, I took the money, and my wife will testify. I took the money as the principal, and I just didn't take care of her. We took care of everybody. Come on, somebody. Somebody needed something. Somebody had a request. We would reach in our pockets, and it wasn't anything. So, Lord, you should protect that. And he didn't protect that. He let it be taken from me. And I got up one morning so angry and hurt, frustrated. I was driving to work and my head, my neck, my chest, and my back all started hurting just from the stress of what I was dealing with. And I called in and said, I'm not coming to work. And I just started driving. And I drove probably took, I got to a restaurant and I went in the restaurant and sitting by myself ordering breakfast and I said, Lord, you gotta tell me what's going on because I don't understand. Anybody been there where you just didn't understand what the Lord was doing? And the Lord took me to Exodus chapter 14. 
And if you read it, it says the Lord told Moses to take the people to the Red Sea. Now, why would you take folk to, to a sea with no boats? Okay, that went over somebody's head. Why would you take a million people to the edge of a sea and there are no boats? Except God intends to make a way. And when God leads you to a place where there is no out, y'all ain't following this. When God leads you to a place where there is no exit, it means he is about to make a way. Anybody feel trapped in here? I need you to get over feeling trapped and tell your neighbor that God is about to make a way. Come on, tell somebody else. God is about to make a way. And sitting in that restaurant by myself, the Lord said, you didn't do this. Because I was in my mind saying, Lord, what did I do that in the same season I would lose my job and our church would lose our building? And God said, I, you didn't do this. I did this. And if I did this, it's because I'm going to bless you in the middle. I'm trying to help somebody in the middle of this. I'm trying to help somebody. God's going to take what you think is the worst disaster that could happen in your life and flip that that thing around and make the greatest miracle that you have ever seen. Somebody shout hallelujah. Because if we had never left Harden Street, we wouldn't be shouting on Main Street right now. Oh, y'all, y'all, y'all missed that. Y'all missed that. Y'all missed that. He said, I'm going to bless you. I'm going to do it in a hurry. Oh, hallelujah. And y'all know that we went to the hotel for four months. Oh, God, we went in in May. But by August, we were worshiping right here because God works stuff out just like that. Oh, come on and shout hallelujah. God traps them in the Red Sea. And God sends Pharaoh after them. They look behind them and they see the armies and the chariots of Pharaoh pursuing them. And true to form, they panic. But what the Lord had in his plan was not the binding of a demon, but the destruction of a demon. And if I could prophesy to somebody, the demon that's been after you and the demon that's been after your house, he's not going to be bound. He's going to be destroyed. Oh, hallelujah. Would you just encourage your neighbor and tell him the Lord is about to kill that demon. Oh, hallelujah. He's not just going to bind him. He's going to kill him. Oh, hallelujah. They've been at you enough. They've attacked you enough. They have made you miserable enough. And the Lord's about to raise his hand against the enemy that's attacking your life. I didn't come to celebrate it, but I came to tell you, get ready to see that demon die. Oh, God, because he attacked the wrong one. Come on, put your hands together. Shout hallelujah. Israel panics at the sight of Pharaoh and his army. But the Bible says God put a pillar of fire 
between Israel, oh my God, and Egypt. I know the devil's chasing you, but he ain't gonna get but so close. Oh, hallelujah, because there's something blocking him. That's why despite the attack, you have not lost your mind. Despite the attack, you have not lost your joy. Despite the attack, you have not lost everything because between you and the demon is the presence of God saying touch not my anointed and do my prophet no harm oh come on shout hallelujah come on testify to somebody and tell them you can't see it but there's fire between you and that demon there's fire between you and that affliction there's fire between you and your adversary they're trying to get at you but they can't get at you because God is standing in the way and says this time you're not going to touch them this time you're not going to take them this time you're not going to bind them shout hallelujah they get to the Red Sea and Israel did like we do sometimes. They looked at Moses and said, because there were no graves in Egypt, have you brought us out here to die? Wasn't this the word that we said to you? Leave us alone, because it's better to serve the Egyptians than to die in the wilderness. And I need an honest person in here that's had that kind of affliction that you said, Lord, I wish you had left me in my sin. I wish you had left me in the world. I wish you had left me alone. But you brought me here and all I've done is cry. You brought me here and all I've done is go through. And Moses looked at Israel and said, the Lord is going to fight for you. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. Come on, shake somebody and tell them your running days are over. Oh, hallelujah. Your days of running from the devil are over. Your days of running from affliction are over. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. We sincerely hope that you were blessed by this broadcast today. If you desire prayer or want more information about our church, please call us at 336-570-3664. Again, that's 336-570-3664. You can also go to our website for more information about our ministry at www.refugetemplenc.com. Again, that's www.refugetemplenc.com. Pastor Reginald and Lady Charity Davis and the Refuge Temple family would like to invite you to worship with us whenever you are in the Burlington area. If this ministry has blessed you, please write to us at P.O. Box 3552, Burlington, N.C., 27215. That's P.O. Box 3552, Burlington, N.C., 27215. Or email us, info at refugetemplenc.com. That's info at refugetemplenc.com. God bless you, and until next time, shalom, shalom.